You're listening to Acoustic Sunset, a weekly podcast bringing you live music, storytelling, and street-side interviews, all brought to you by Putnam's Pub and Cooker at 419 Myrtle Avenue in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Carl Banks, and each week we bring you a couple special guests. Uh, This week, we have Caitlin Cook, Divining Rod, and Nick Chavin, so please sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, this is episode number 25. We have officially hit the quarter century mark. Last week, I was hinting at it that it was going to be a big show, and let me tell you, it is, because we're going to hear from three special guests uh, this week. So um, this week, we're going to hear from uh, Caitlin Cook, who you'll hear from her, and uh, we're going to hear it in the interview, but she played baritone ukulele. So the first time we had a baritone ukulele, and she had a friend come play baritone saxophone. So they had like the double baritone system going on. It was excellent. And then we're going to hear from Divining Rod, and then finally from Nick Chavin. So it was a really great night at, um, at Putnam's for this particular show, and you're going to hear, hear from all these performers in a second. So stay tuned for all of that. But you know me, I always got to do my fair share of uh, shameless self-promotion at the beginning of the podcast. So I want to let you know that 8 p.m. Sunday nights, Putnam's Pub at 419 Myrtle Avenue is where we record this show. And we do live music there each and every week. And we would love it if you could come out and enjoy the show in the live forum. You know, of course, we appreciate you listening to the podcast, but come out if you can, if you're in Brooklyn around that time. Also, I want to let you know about a show that I'm playing at uh, Rockwood Music Hall on May 17th. It's a Tuesday night at midnight, and I was just talking to a friend of mine, and she said, uh, hey, I just want to let you know about that show. I can't make it. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? We live in the city that doesn't sleep. You got, like, it can't be too late. Midnight on a Tuesday cannot be too late. We're like, 30-year-olds, this we're like prime going out time, you know, of our life. So uh, don't be don't be that that person. <laughs> and if you are that person, I'm sorry to call you out, but I won't I won't use your name or anything. But midnight's not that late. I'm gonna be up. I'll probably be up for hours and hours after that too. Um, <laughs> not doing drugs. I know what you're thinking, Paul. No, I'm just because I'll be excited and and stuff like that. <laughs> that is what you think. I know what you're thinking. Um, me and Paul, we're like on the same, we're, we're both wearing headphones right now. So like, we're kind of connected mentally, uh, because of that <laughs> and just in, in general. So anyway, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about like, just catch you up to speed on what's going on in my life too. Um, this particular show, I'm going to, I'm going to start at the show that we're going to hear from at Putnam's on Sunday night and I'm going to sort of work backwards. Okay. So I was at the show and uh, that was a Sunday night. On Saturday, I did a marathon. On Friday, we road trip down to Nashville. On Thursday, uh, I hung out with my family. On Wednesday, I was in St. Louis. And now it's Tuesday. Okay, so I leave New York on Tuesday. I get into LaGuardia, and it's like torrential downpour and everything. And so um, my connection in South Carolina was going to be delayed so I was going to miss my connection to St. Louis or whatever. So they put me try to put me on a direct flight there. That's not going to work and then they hook me up with like um a flight to Chicago. Now I got like 10 minutes to get from my when my flight lands to this other flight to make it to St. Louis and they were like you're probably not going to make it but if you want to give it a shot we'll 
we'll hook you up with that flight. So I was like, okay, um, do I get like a hotel in Chicago? And they're like, yeah, we'll put that on your little ticket thing. And they did that. So I flew to Chicago and of course, uh, we sat outside our gate for like 15 minutes. So I, <laughs> I fucking missed the flight. So I, and I spent a night in Chicago, which was kind of frustrating because I knew I had to do this marathon and, um, it's just like, yeah, I don't want to spend a whole nother day traveling. Nevertheless, that's the way it went down. So I went and stayed a night in uh, the hotel, the Hilton at O'Hare. And then I flew to St. Louis the following morning, had dinner with my family. The next day had, you know, hung out, did a, did a run with my brother and then had dinner again. And then on Friday, we, me, my brother, my sister-in-law, Jessica, and my sister-in-law, Beth, all road trip down to Nashville. Now, normally, I would be like totally down to just go crazy in Nashville, but I was so fucking nervous about this marathon because I had never done it before, and I didn't, I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to finish. In addition, I was also not drinking, which tends to lead to me being more excited about, you know, going out and things like that. So we get to Nashville, we like get our little bibs and everything, and, uh, we go down, we're walking down Music Row, and I, dude, the male to female ratio was like one male to every like 10 females. I don't know what was going on that Friday, but there were so many bachelorette parties down on Music Row. We were just getting some food, and it was just like groups of just like eight women at a time were just were coming in and out of every bar. It was just crazy. Beth looks over at me and she was like, man, I feel like there's like a lot of women here. I was like, dude, I feel the same way. Anyway, uh, I went, we went to this place to eat. I get, I'm a vegetarian, so I get some, some sides. I got some collard greens and some beans and some mac and cheese and something else. And they come in like these Dixie cups. And I'm like, dude, I, like I'm running a marathon in the morning. I need like way more food than that. So I eat all my little Dixie cup filled with sides. And then uh, we go back to uh, our hotel. And then we had to go out for pizza later to load up on some carbs. So anyway, wake up in the morning, go to the start line. Beth, my sister-in-law was staying at an Airbnb. She she actually slept through her alarm. So she missed out on her whole, her whole routine. And it kind of led to like her having a little bit of a rough day, just like it started wrong. We're getting rained on. She didn't get her like breakfast that she always likes and everything. And so she ended up at like mile eight. So we take off. We're running. At like mile eight, she had to do some walking. And then me and my brother continued on. And then she just she just had a rough day. She I feel so bad. Like at mile 20, you go down past the finish line, and then you have like a six mile down and back around this lake, and then you come, you come back. So me and my brother are on our way back from that little down and back. And Beth was just hitting it, and we, like, run into her, and she, like, weighs us down. And we're like, hey, what's up, Beth? And she's just like, I'm having a rough day. And I'm sorry, I don't mean, I love you, Beth, but she started crying a little bit. I had never, ever seen her cry before, but she was just, yeah, she was just not feeling it. And But she finished, man. It was so impressive. So anyway, me and my brother finish, and then Beth finishes a little bit later. And if you listen to this podcast, you know I was, like, not drinking the entire month so we're wait on our bib it says we get a free Michelob Ultra <laughs> so we're like but we're gonna get this beer it's gonna be so good and then Beth finishes and we go over to where they're like serving the beer and they're like sorry out of beer 
And we're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know how many bibs you gave out. Like, could you not set that many beers aside for us? But either way, we went and we got in uh, the car and my sister-in-law, Jessica, drove us around and we got some tall boys and some watermelon Ritas and <laughs> drank them in the car and got super giggly and giddy uh, <laughs> very quickly. It was it was a really, really good time. It was fun. But we were not long for, for the night because we were all pretty darn exhausted and everything. So we went out. We had some Mexican food. That was awesome. And then uh, went back to the Airbnb. Jessica and CJ uh, drove back to St. Louis, and me and Beth, ended up crashing at her Airbnb. I slept on the floor and I had to fly out at five in the morning. So uh, it, we went to bed at like eight and I'm like, dude, I'm totally fine to sleep on the floor. I'm sleeping on like the welcome mat or whatever. And then at like three, I have to wake up and get pack all my stuff. And then I call this cab. Now in New York, you can just walk out to the street and lift your arm up and a taxi just pulls up in front of you and takes you wherever you want to go. So I'm kind of operating on that principle, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. And I don't use Uber just because I had deleted all the apps off my phone so I could have some podcasts to listen to during the marathon and I didn't listen to any of them. But anyway, I don't, so I didn't have Uber, but I was like forward thinking and I, I called a car service and I said, I need a car pick me, to pick me up at 3.30 at this address and take me to the airport. So at three, I get up, I pack all my clothes and everything in a bag. I go and I'm standing on this driveway and it's like 3.30, 3.40, 3.45. So then I call the car service and I'm like, hey, um, nobody's here. And so then the, then the driver calls me and it's like, I mean, I'm, I, I hope I'm not being culturally insensitive, but he's some foreign dude and he's just like, I, I blew a tire. He's telling me he blew a tire and he's not going to be there for like an hour or something. And I'm flipping out because I'm like, dude, I, are you kidding me? You're like, your one job is to pick people up and take them to the airport. Whatever. Uh, I call back to dispatch and they have to dispatch another car. It takes forever. And I end up being like late for, I thought I was going to miss my flight, but I didn't miss it. I, but I was very angry because <laughs> I thought I was going to. Nevertheless, I made it. I flew back to New York and got home, dropped off my stuff, took a shower, put on my, my fancy gig clothes, and went to Putnam's Pub. And then that brings you into right where we're at right now, the live music. And uh, it was a great, great night because um, the main person that I booked, the first person that I booked was Caitlin Cook. And she does a wonderful job. And uh, we're going to hear from her right now. So this is Caitlin Cook. She's playing the uh, baritone uh, ukulele. And this is her song, Teeth. All right, we got one more for you guys. Thanks so much for having us. Thank, Thank you, you Putnam. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Greg, for joining me. All right, this is a song called Teeth.
Dead in the eyes, I once saw stars in The world was ours when And this red December for June and July
very much. I'm Caitlin Cook. This is Greg Bunnis. All right, we're here with Caitlin Cook. You just finished playing. How do you yes, feel? I feel good. Feel yeah. good? All <laughs> yeah. right, so let's just talk a little bit about the instrumentation you had tonight. Sure, yeah. You're on? Uh, baritone ukulele, and I had a baritone saxophone, or saxophone right here with Craig Bunnis. How's it going, guys? <laughs> good to have you. <laughs> good so the you. double berry. Yeah. I, by far the most unique <laughs> instrumentation we've had here yet. Uh, how did you guys meet and how does this work out uh, uh, to do a gig like this together? We went to college together, Kenyon College in Ohio. And I actually didn't do a lot of performing then. I had terrible stage fright for many years. And then I started to kind of get over my stage fright and I moved to New York and had left my band back in England and was looking for people to perform with. And Greg lived pretty close by, so we started jamming. And now he's joining me on a lot of shows, and it's way more fun to have <laughs> a very sex. Yeah. It's been great so far. Yeah. Playing with Caitlin's so easy. Everything, it just it comes so naturally. Yeah, well, that She's sounds great good. <laughs> and the instruments sound really good together. Thanks. Yeah, double berry. Yeah, double berry. <laughs> um, well, let's talk. We usually pick one song out uh, to use. Is there a song that you think put, went well tonight that we could put on sure, the podcast? Yeah. Um, I, I want to say Jericho because it's the one we practice the most, but yeah. I actually more want to say Teeth. Teeth? Which was the last, the song, last we song we did. Yeah, yeah, that was a great song. Um, um, could, yeah. All right, what I like, I like to talk a little bit about the craft of songwriting. So, sure. what a song like Teeth? How does that come out, come about? And uh, do you, are you write lyrics first? Yeah, I actually first? do. I write a lot of lyrics. I journal every day, just a page of sort of stream of consciousness lyrics. Uh -huh. And then when I'm sitting down, coming up with a chord progression, I sort of flip through my journal and and find something that sort of jumps out, and then I write a song based around maybe okay. that section or just one line. Uh, and then teeth. that song, yeah. Yeah, I wrote um, about a year and a half ago, and I was I actually played it mostly in I was living in Oxford in England with um, my electric guitarist and a and a drummer, and um, this is the first time Bunnis and I have played it live together, and it just really sounds different and cool with a Barry sax, and I'm really digging how it changes, how songs change over the course of time. Yeah, they definitely yeah. that you write them a certain way, and then they sort of take on a life of yeah, their own exactly. and morph into. Yeah. To things and then so when you bring it to him how does that work out you just you send chord charts or do you just we get together just, and practice we got together yesterday we went through a couple things and that one i used to have a big solo with my um guitarist at uh -huh. the end of and so i thought hey we can sort of adapt this and bunish just sort of took it away great of her to let me rip on it I love it. <laughs> I love it. and are you exclusively a barry sax player or mostly yeah, i can play a little alto uh -huh. um i mostly i grew up playing jazz and i'm way okay. into funk so playing stuff with kaylin is it's it's way I, would, I don't want to say out of my comfort zone, but just different from what I'm used to playing. Right. And it's, but it, but it, comes, it really does just come seamlessly. Yeah. And it's really easy and fun to play. <laughs> well, you guys sounded great together. Uh, yeah. Well, how about you? Are you ex you pretty much only play uke? Or um, you play no, I, my too? first instrument's piano, oh, okay. but I sort of took up the uke to... I was teaching preschool for a while, and I noticed that the kids would pay way more attention whenever <laughs> I sang everything, and uh -huh. there was a ukulele in the classroom. So I took that up, and it's been great because it's way more portable than a piano. Yes. I also <laughs> play guitar, but um, that's sort of newer. Too yeah. many strings for me. What's that? <laughs> it sounds full too. The the baritone uh, yeah. uke sounds really great. Yeah, so. I like it. Uh, where can people find your music online? Uh, CaitlinCookMusic.com. My name's spelled the Irish way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we want to spell it out. Oh, huh? sure. Yeah. C a i t l i n c o o k music.com. Okay. Yeah. And you also do. Let's talk about. Com you do some comedy. Oh yeah. So I stand. Um, I don't do stand-up, but I do like very silly songs about silly songs. like douchebags and smoking weed. <laughs> and I tour with a stand-up comedian, Sean Patton. And um, yeah, it's really fun. I was talking about this with my brother the other day. How did the term douchebag come to be like <laughs> referred to like a very specific person 
or archetype. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I don't understand. Where they, I Mar- know where they... uh, there's one comedian, Mark Norman. He has a bit about how the, the douchebag is like, it's like this hygienic thing that women use, but uh-huh. it actually like you're not supposed to use it. Right, It'll give not... you diseases. So like <laughs> yeah. the guy who invented the douchebag is kind of it's a douchebag. Kind of a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Well, you guys sounded great tonight, and Thank thanks you. for playing. Thanks, man. Yeah. Can't, can't wait to have you back. All right, thanks a lot, Caitlin. Uh, I really appreciate her playing. She was the first person that I booked, like I said, so uh, she was kind of like the the main focus of the night for me, and she did a wonderful job. And I was really impressed with her music and the instrumentation and also uh, the tone that they had. So thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Much thanks. So the next uh, performer that we're going to get to is Divining Rod. Uh, this is my friend uh, Miyuki. And I say he's my friend, but we just met this this night. <laughs> and we met via email, but he uh, reached out and wanted to play the show, and this was going to be a good night. So he came down with his white Gretsch, his uh, kick drum, and his guitar amp, and just, I mean, really, really killed it. Uh, just this great musician. And uh, we had this... He, awesome time listening to him play and this awesome conversation afterwards so we're going to get that to, to that right now this is divining rod Mountains out of men Where the journey ends Is where it begins A life A life Never before untamed A life Of a mortal man Traveler journeys on Thinks it won't be long Till the river's edge A life A light Never before untamed A light Of a mortal man Beast that rattles on Thinks it won't be long But it's never right A light A light Never before untamed A light Of a mortal
mountains out of men where the journey ended it never began alive alive never before untamed alive of a motor Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, we're here with Divining Rod. How, how are you feeling? Just I'm, finish your set. I'm feeling great, yeah. Uh, you know, um, I thought it was a fun set. Uh, I thought people seemed to, uh, they didn't have any digestive issues while listening to <laughs> what I was playing. At so. least none that was uh, louder than your, your music. And you know, that's a rare occasion. I really, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about your uh, your setup. We were talking about this at the bar, but let's just talk about it again. Uh, you're playing a Gretsch. I'm playing a Gretsch. It's a Gretsch uh, G5120 that I bought off this guy on Craigslist, and he was this guy that was like a, I, I think he played in a church band, ex hippie, and he was selling it for really cheap. So I answered his ad, and uh, he was, it was very, very cloak and dagger sort of thing. And he said, "Meet me at Grand Central Station by the big clock." <laughs> Thus I did, and he admitted that he got the the white Gretsch merely because Stephen Stills had one, you know, when he was in Buffalo Springsteen. And I thought that was a great reason. And I love hippies, and I love that guitar, so I decided <laughs> to buy it from him. <laughs> and yeah, and then you had a little, uh, little modification to it. Exactly. After that. Yeah, I added uh, these pickups from uh, this guy named TV Jones, who um, hand wires these sort of Gretsch replicas, these Filtertron replicas, and they are made with great love. And they are fantastic little pickups. They're bassy and they growl when you need it to growl. And it's cool. It's, it's totally made the guitar. Yeah, it sounds it sounds awesome. And I I love I love the Gretsch. So I do too. Sound. Actually, it was weird because I'm not really a, a Gretsch dude. I just sort of got it just mm -hmm. on a whim, and I love the way it sounded. So I don't know why I became obsessed with it. But <laughs> I find myself like I don't um, I don't really have that much brand loyalty, and I find it a little weird that people do have like strictly brand loyalty you know I, I don't know it just seems kind of weird to me it's like if you like something you like it you know, you know. what perplexes me even more are people that are they, they are like sort of brand adverse and they will like complain and put other people down for the brand of guitars like <laughs> right. I remember doing this recording session oddly enough in, in England and made a veil like for John Peel and stuff and like uh, the the engineer was like why are you playing you know at the time I was playing like a, a, it was a, a Fender a P bass and uh -huh. he was just complaining about fenders as, as far as the day was long and I really didn't get it yeah but I mean, you know whatever fenders got a pretty solid reputation yeah exactly <laughs> it was a solid base I mean I spent a lot of time trying to destroy it and it would not self-destruct so <laughs> kudos to whoever built it you know it lasted it, yeah and it is a good sounding base and really you know I, I had no complaints regardless of whether this engineer did oddly enough though in that recording session, the board actually caught on fire. I think there was like a short circuit in it. Really? It started smoking, and and I was we we're like, "What are you gonna do?" And he said, in his English accent, like, "Hold on, I'll call the engineers." And he got on the phone, and 
all of a sudden we, uh, we looked down the hall and there was like an army of like these guys in white lab coats <laughs> like walking slow motion you know like in the right stuff uh-huh <laughs> and they started taking the board apart and we're like well what do we do now and he's like we're gonna go to the pub and get drunk and i'm like i love that plan <laughs> yeah. i wholeheartedly endorse it well that's great i mean yeah. That's all you really want to do with rock and roll is catch something on fire. And at so least get great. a bite to eat and something nice to drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. End of the day. Which is like what we do here at Putnam's, uh, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, man, I got to say, I love the scene and I, I, the, it's a warm sounding room. Yeah. And I, I love playing and it was, I love what you're doing. Well, thank cool. you. Yeah. You know, you did a great job and it's all, it's all, all because of the performers and musicians that come out. So thank you very much. Great, thank I you. I appreciate it. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit. Is there a song that you uh, would like to include in the podcast that you felt like went well tonight, an original tune? Um, an original song, I will say um, probably I really liked uh, Mountains Out of Men. Um, it's one of the newer songs I wrote. And strangely enough, it's about, a, I, it sounds corny, but it's about a dream. Mm-hmm. And it's a, this weird sort of dream that I had about walking through sort of like the highlands of England uh-huh. and uh, like walking like by a stream and it, it involved like, you know, meeting three people. One was sort of like this weird uh, traveler guide. And then another was this sort of like eight-legged beast that was, I don't know, <laughs> was it a gruffalo? Who knows? I have no idea. Right. Anywho... <laughs> The, it was it, it was from that from that dream that I you, wrote that song. So. Did you wake up with a melody, or you woke? You, you I, I woke just, up with a melody. Strangely really? enough, and that almost never happens. Right, I've had it happen a couple times. Right, like yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Paul what? McCartney did it, I suppose, one time, yeah. but whatever. I, no I wish. I wish they came like that all the time. That'd be great. I would be dreaming all the time <laughs> and sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Which I do. I do plenty of that. Well, uh, again, you sounded great, and I think we talked about this too. But you played in an open D. What what? Uh, oh yeah! What kind of tuning did you play with? It's a it's a tuning that I had Was read it about. Um, it's it's called Dad Gad. Dad Gad. D A D G A D, and okay. it's an open modal tuning that I uh, had read about that Bert Janch used actually quite a bit, and uh, it, it, it's a it's a fantastic tuning. Um, I I enjoy playing in it. Uh, um, it's something well, it's, completely new to me. Well, it's cool because like most. I don't know about most. I mean, there's plenty of guitar players that play in an open tuning, but a lot of guys have two guitars, one in standard, and then they pick up the open tuning for one or two songs. So it's oppressive whenever you do, can do a whole set, and you did covers and you did originals. So I'm Oh, oh man, impressed. thank you very much. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up in Hawaii, and the Hawaiians play in an in a, in a open tuning called slack key, and that's uh-huh. essentially how I sort of learned to play. But this, uh, the, D, the dadgad tuning was something that I really sort of uh, floated towards, or I was drawn to it, and a lot of it was from my love of bands like Fairport Convention, a lot of like British folk stuff. So uh-huh. I, I'm a huge Fairport fan, and I love Pentangle. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Burt Janch fan, and that's essentially what drew me to, to, that. That, to the tuning. Cool. Well, uh, can people find your music online? Yes, you can find it. Uh, if you do a search for Divining Rod Band, you'll find me. I have a Bandcamp and SoundCloud and all that other sort of social media stuff that I don't really know how to work. And uh, one more thing, you're playing with Martin Sexton. I am. Can we talk yeah. about that show? Yeah. Right? Just yeah. like plug it. Yes, I'm <laughs> uh, playing at this place called Purple, and uh, it's in a two weeks, and it's up in Hastings on Hudson, up in Westchester. It's along the Hudson. It's a fantastic um, uh, uh, sort of community performance space. 
and I, I really can't say how excited I am. I, I yeah. find him That's so cool, man. Really, he's yeah, he's, he's my hero. Oh, mine as well. He's one of the most intriguing guitar players and songwriters I think out there. Uh, one might even say that he's sort of a living legend. No mm -hmm. one quite does what he does, and he does it so well. Right. So. Well, great, man. Sounded great. Thank I you. appreciate it. And Thank we'll you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Miki. Uh, does a great job. And like I said, I'm super jealous that um, he gets to play with Martin Sexton. Martin Sexton's like this major hero of mine. So uh, it's cool. It's cool to run in the same circles as like your heroes, you know? Maybe some of you guys experience this too. If you're a performer or maybe an author or writer or something and your, your words appear in the same places like somebody that you really admire but when it starts to happen I'm, and I'm just speaking for me as a musician when it starts to happen that you're playing at the same places that your heroes are playing you're like you start to realize like you're really doing it you know and um, I have no like misconception about what I'm doing I'm I'm still just like this bar folk singer or whatever but uh, it's really cool to be playing with people that are playing with people that are like your number one one guy so Thanks a lot, Divining Rob. That was awesome. Okay, our third performer that we're going to get to in this podcast and that played at Putnam's uh, last Sunday is Nick Chaven. And um, he's a solo performer. Uh, he's playing a tailor, and he's singing about his emotions. <laughs> he does a lot of uh, cover music. We talk about it in our interview, but he mostly does cover music, and but he writes a lot of songs too. It's sort of an interesting thing, playing music. Uh, there's basically two avenues to take there's the guy that goes uh or girl that goes the cover band route and then there's the performer that goes the original music route they often intertwine those two paths but some people just stick to the one side that they that they do and so me and nick were talking about it how like uh it's it's fun to play the cover songs to to you know get people dancing and people recognize the music but also to like speak your mind and talk about what you really want to do and uh he did a really good job of weaving the two together so uh here's nick chavin And these words 
And we're here with Nick. Just finished your set. How do you feel? Great. Feel great. Another set, you know, another night. Yeah. Um, actually, I really like this spot. I really like the, uh, really like the atmosphere. Yeah. It's very nice and quiet. People are very respectful. It's a really nice little show. Yeah, it's a good, uh, it definitely has a good atmosphere. Uh, wish it wasn't so quiet. We want more people here. FYI, podcast listeners, come to the, to the show. Uh, but you were playing your little tailor here. Uh, how long have you been playing this axe? Uh, let's see. It's been about 11, 12 years I've oh, been wow. playing guitar. I've had this one for 10. So okay. it's, it's gone through a lot. <laughs> I hope it keeps lasting for many more years to come because I don't think I can afford another one of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It sounded great, man. And uh, we uh, we were talking about it. It's like, it sounds really clean. The guitar sounds really crisp. And your voice matches very clean and crisp matches very well with it so thank you i mean it's it's been a long long haul uh i started trying to do this stuff when i was about 16 uh-huh tried and tried and tried didn't get anywhere and you know and that's like 10 years later and you know it's one of those things like you you could go on other parts of your life but if you're a musician you just keep feeling that itch and uh you know and i'm, I'm back and been going really hard for like five years now and well can stick and, you with know it, man because you sound great and I, I i know the uh I, I feel you. I've been doing it for 13 years, and uh, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. But you know, if you got, if you got the urge, you got to stick with it. So you sound great. Uh, can we talk a little bit about you played an original song? Uh, yeah. What was the name of that song? Uh, the first one was Silhouette. Silhouette. Uh, that's a recent song I wrote about a year ago, maybe. Um, what, um, I like to talk a little bit about the craft of songwriting. So how's that? How's something like Silhouette come about? You come uh, up with a melody. See. Silhouette. Or? You know, I, I think music to me, are all the best songs I've ever wrote. They always came from being with the right people, you know? Oh, like, by good. myself, good. Good I never point. write anything good, you know? I'll sit there and I'll write half a song and throw it away, and half a song, throw it away. 
and then I'll sit down with just the right person and they play two chords and for whatever reason those two chords just ring in my ears uh-huh. and create a song immediately you know and Silhouette was written in 10 minutes you know it was just like I could, oh, God, I could spend awesome. days writing other songs and then, and then one of those ones my, my good friend of mine just uh, his name is Josh Rolnick from Miami and he you know he played a couple chords and I just heard a song and that night we just that was it wrote a song and I was just like that's how all the best ones for me have been written you know, I could try and try, and I think the best stuff is just kind of, it's like it's singing in my ears, like I'm not even writing it. You yeah, know? oh no, I know. I've said this before a lot of times, but it's, it's like you're an antenna. It's just going through. You're I'm just hearing it, something. you know. I'm just hearing it, and I'm passing down the message. That's yeah, about it. Yeah, that's the great, and those are, really, those are the best ones. But I also, you know, it takes me years to write some, you know, and I'm constantly crafting words. And that's also part of the craft of it, but that's really cool. Um, so are you, are you from New York? Uh, you? From Miami Beach. Okay. Uh, I moved here about five, six years ago, trying to trying to change things up Miami the scene wasn't working yeah you know the lo- the lower southeast of the country just wasn't working out tour wise no. <laughs> and stuff yeah and everybody kept telling me northeast northeast man go to northeast or southwest pick one yeah so I came up here and you know I've really loved the atmosphere since I've come here the show how long have you been in New York it's, I think it's been about like five years now oh okay and oh, you're, yeah. yeah and I it's um I you know I've worked a lot you know it's kept me from doing this but recently about the last six months I've taken you know this side of my career 100% seriously and started Good. to make more time for this and play more gigs and yeah take the I time always out, think know? about it man the more you put in the more the more you get out you know yeah no but it's 100% hard. you it's, know it's you know people got to understand how hard you're working and you can't you can't tell people you're working hard if you're not you know right. so get out there and play <laughs> yeah you know and then when people see how hard you work and how great your music is you know that's, that's such a part of it is like seeing the passion yeah and the truth know? is that if you have to sing like your life depends on it uh, because it does then you're going to sound different. You're going to sound like you're singing from your heart, whereas if you're, uh, you know, bogged down with that stuff. And I'm not knocking anybody that does music as a hobby or something because that's perfectly fine. I'm just yeah. saying from my personal experience. I uh, mean, you'll, you'll catch me with my eyes closed a lot. It's it's unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people look at it and they're like, you know, you know, you should look at the crowd more. And you know, honestly, I tell them all the same thing. Like, you know, almost every time I'm playing a song. I'm trying to picture it like I'm hearing it for the first time on the album, mm-hmm. you know? On yeah. the radio, that first time that you get that, like, that amazing tingle in your ears, you're like, wow, what is what that? Is, yeah. Like, that, what, that is such a great song. I want to hear this a hundred times. Like, that feeling, I want to try to recapture that every time I play it and try to listen to it. So oh, I, half great. the time I'm in my head and I, I, I don't even, like, come out of that coma for a second until I'm done <laughs> with the song. And then I look back up and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm front in, of a bunch I'm of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I, I mean, because that's all we're trying to do with music, I feel like, is you know get into that space you know get into that uh out of reality you know transcend a little bit uh i spent a little time i lived in the florida keys for a while so oh that's great i, I love down, the keys yeah the keys are great keys. and i we spent some time in miami too but it miami is quite a bit different than the florida keys they're close definitely the keys you know when people think paradise you're it's the keys it's not miami anymore miami's right. no paradise anymore you go down to the keys if you really want to see paradise <laughs> yeah and it's definitely the redneck Caribbean too. You know? Oh yeah, it's, oh, it's great though. It's a cool little like happening situation down there. It's yeah. never it's never a dull day in the Keys. Yeah, like, I went down on the road because I I had lived down there, and when you're a local, you get uh there's a lot of perks and everybody's really nice to you. I went down on the road, and all of a sudden I wasn't a local anymore. I was like a snowbird coming down, and I was like, oh wait, they're not they're not treating me the same. Yeah. As, it was kind of a rude awakening for myself, but I yeah. love it down there. I just I mean, it's, it's my favorite. But uh, sounded great. Can people find your music online? Yeah, you can find me at nchavin.com. Uh, you can find me at SoundCloud, Nick Chavin, Facebook, Nick Chavin. Uh, you can find me all over the place. Cool. You got any shows coming up? Uh, I do. I'm playing Left Field this Friday. 
Okay. Uh, and then the Friday after that, I'm going to be out way out on Long Island. I doubt anybody in these parts can make it. Uh, but this I'll be. Is, this is going global, so. Uh, no, definitely. I'll be playing over in Momos. Uh, it's a big okay. spot out on Long Island. And, uh, you know, hopefully I got a bunch more bookings coming up from then, you know? All right. Well, everybody keep your eye out, man. Thank you, you sounded great tonight. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot, Nick. Uh, he's really great, really great guitar player and a really great singer. So um, appreciate you ha- uh, playing on the show, and uh, can't thank you enough. I can't thank all the performers enough because they do such a good job, and I'm just so thankful for them because uh, I could get up there at Putnam's and play every Sunday from eight till midnight, and nobody would come and nobody (laughs) would care because they would hear the same songs each and every week, you know? So bringing in all these new performers means that there's going to be new ideas, um, some experimentation, some, some strange instrumentation and all of that jazz. But, uh, we're thinking about it, you know, we're, we're thinking about it and we're trying to put out, um, our emotions, and that's what musicians ultimately are, are trying to do. Where where words sort of fail you, music uh, sort of picks up that torch. And um, I feel really uh, privileged, I guess, privileged to have the opportunity to um, book bands and to play this show every Sunday. So um, thank you to all the performers, and most of all, thank you to the listeners of this podcast, of the people that go to the show on Sunday nights, and we always need more people to come, so please come on out. Uh, I'm very thankful for all of you guys. So uh, this is the Acoustic Sunset. We're putting this podcast up every Sunday, so uh, tune in, give us a like on SoundCloud, or give us a review on the iTunes Store, because we could really use that. Also, come to Putnam's. That's where we do it. If you're in the New York area, get a hold of me. My email for this show is Putnam's Acoustic Sunset at Gmail. It's just one long word, Putnam's Acoustic Sunset at Gmail. We begin a lot of reader mail. I'm thinking that we might start a segment at the end of the podcast, which is reading reader mail because we've been getting a lot recently. And um, maybe we'll just wrap on that for a little while too. So if you'd like to get a hold of me, that's the way to do it. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for um, giving us all the reviews and everything like that. Uh, on behalf of me, Carl, Paul, who's sitting in the room with me, does a wonderful job editing, and big thanks to Putnam's who puts on, who put on the show. Um, thanks to all you. All right, I'm signing out. Peace, love, and rock and roll.